In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today, we are reminded with yet another story, another parable, in preparation for the greatness of the repentant season that we are about to enter into for great and holy Lent. Last week we heard of the publican and the Pharisee, and this week we hear of the prodig- what we call the story of the prodigal son. But where I want to focus on is the great character of the father. Often we can read this parable, and even in hearing of the hymns and orthros and the other services, all of the focus is on just the prodigal son and his return which is great and worthy, and indeed, that we'll talk a bit about that today, and think and contemplate that. But what I want to bring out to the front is the character of the father to both of his sons, because there are a younger son and an elder son, and both basically are succumbed to the same type of passion, but they express it in very different ways. One stays and toils among his father's things and among his father's property. And the other asks for his inheritance early and then leaves and squanders it all. It's the character of the father that restores these two people. And we can see ourselves in either one of them, the younger son who was a prodigal or the elder son who stayed. It's all the actions of the Father are those that restore and heal the two sons. They are an invitation in both circumstances to his paternal and holy love, according to the passion and repentance that each of the sons need. That's what the Father is on the lookout for and teaches them and opens up to them, really. The Father shows a deep and ever-present patience, forgiveness, and joy to both his elder son who toils and stays in his house, and many of the fathers call him the just one, the one who did what he was supposed to do. That's basically what that meant. And to the younger son who leaves and squanders his inheritance, again, again, over everything, spreading himself thin, but... He has a moment where he realizes the depths to which he has fallen and he returns home to his father. St. John Chrysostom, in focusing and looking at the character of the father, says, what solicitude, O God beloved. He showed mercy to the sinner and then he coaxed the just to restoration. He supported the upright from falling and the fallen he raised up. So both sons have a degree where they've dishonored their father. They've distanced themselves from the father, one internally and the other externally, or at least according to the parable, but we can see ourselves in both of the sons. They are both distanced from the father in their hearts, at least at a certain point in the story. One leaves and outwardly scatters his property, the things that he has been given, The word here is really interesting because in Greek it's usia. It's what he is of himself has now been scattered. 
what he received from his father, who he is, has been spread thin. And by being spread thin into all of these things that are not the love of the father, they are things that cannot love him back, he has become destitute. And only after realizing that he has nothing and that he's even desiring to consume the same things that the pigs eat, the wastes of the world, he's in a trash heap, essentially. And then does he say and come to himself and make the journey to the father. The other son, who has stayed amidst his father's property and has enjoyed the wealth of his father even though and partaken of it freely and joined with him as he sees, but inward as he is given, but inwardly he doesn't take after his father at all. His character is nothing like the father. His character is not, you could say, conformed to his father's image. And so from his heart, he spews forth both words and actions of pride, of covetousness, jealousy, and anger, and even condemnation of his brother and of his father, even. Both sons count what is their father's as their own by right. They have no humility and no gratitude, or at least we could say of the prodigal, as he went out. He had no humility. And before his return, had no gratitude. So both are in need of a change. They are in need of repentance so that they may draw close again, not just physically, as the elder son already was, but spiritually, to become united with their father and to become one with him and his household and the celebration and joy of that house. Indeed, the Father is the image of the Heavenly Father. That's the, one of the whole point of the parable, is that we come to understand the character of the Father and how we can be not united with that within our hearts or in the way that we are living. So prodigality, the prodigal son, is wasting away, spreading himself into nothingness. But this brings him to the point of despair. He can only see that this pathway is leading him into starvation and death by starvation. And even that will not be an actual exit from his suffering. And he realizes this. And this phrase is the one that is the most important, I think, in the whole of the parable. He came to himself. He spoke with himself. He judged himself, and then he resolved to seek mercy. That turning point where he begins his journey, where he comes to himself, no longer is he dissipating all of his attention into all of these other things, into nothingness really, but he says, wait, my father takes care of even his servants. I have wasted away all of this, so let me go back and at least see if I can be his servant. He seeks his father's mercy, and not, and this is really important, he does not seek to be as if nothing happened. That's not the prodigal son's intention in that journey. He is only seeking to have a little bit of the father's mercy. He knows that he's already wasted the inheritance, so he's not coming back to be accepted 
just as a son. And in that humility, that is how he approaches his father. What about the other son? The elder son, the one who stayed, the one who seemed like he was the just one. The words spoken by and, fr- and about the elder son show us what his inner thought was like. It's these phrases that you should pay attention to in the elder son. He refused to go in to the banquet. He wanted a goat, a baby goat, to make merry with his friends, his own friends, not what was going on inside. And that he calls, he doesn't call his brother his brother. When he speaks to his father, he says, this is your son, not my brother. He's distancing himself from the entire situation, the entire family. When he could have said, my brother, and then there would have been this more ground for the father to work with. So by these words that the parable that our Lord is telling us, it shows the pride of the elder son and how he wants to separate himself from the father and the family within his heart. He didn't ask for the inheritance early. That's what makes him different. But he had the same attitude as the prodigal son. So this pride, it's pride like this, that you think you deserve in your self-centeredness everything that leads to this covetousness, this anger, and this condemnation that the elder son has, is saying and doing. When someone else is witness who you think doesn't deserve it, right? This is the whole of what the elder son is like. He thinks that this person should not, his brother should not be justified and made whole. So often do we see this, and there's some part of us, some aspect where we're like this elder son. I am in the services all the time. I pray. I pray before my meals. I go to confession. I do all of these things. But when someone who is like the brother, the prodigal son, returns, there's a little aspect of us that is jealous. And it's this part that is mirroring the elder son. We outwardly may be fine or seem like we're fine because we haven't strayed from our father's house, but inwardly we're nothing like the merciful father. We have the same covetousness over the joy of the father as his, at the return of a son. And we won't, but we won't join in the celebration with our fullness. So we apply a human justice, our own thought, to the fair on, and say that God is being not fair. And we become angry because God's justice and love does not seem to match our idea of what justice and love is. We want to see someone earn it, right? But God only desires that we want to be right with him. And this is what the prodigal son's attitude was as he approached. The father looks and cares rather about the disposition more than it is every single little deed that may happen, all the toils and labors. It matters what happens within the depths of the heart. And because in this parable of the elder son, we're allowed to see that. Hiram Gregorios has a wonderful book about this whole parable, and I want to read this part. God, however, regards the seemingly just one 
meaning the elder brother, with the same love with which he received the prodigal. And for the prodigal, the just one refused to enter into the father's home. The father comes out and begs him to taste the grace of the paternal love, a love that accepts all, forgives all, and holds all in his fatherly heart. God's justice is his kindness and his compassion. So what the father is seeking from the elder son is the same thing that he was seeking from the prodigal. The prodigal son came to himself after he was spread thin in sin and he understood how far he had gone. That he was nothing like the father and he partook of nothing of the father's. And because he came knowing this in that self-knowledge, he was embraced by the father immediately, even as he ran. The father didn't even let the son finish what he had said he was going to do before he restored him. The father didn't say, let him even get to the point, let me be one of your servants. He immediately called, put a ring on him, and restored him to the fullness of his sonship again. This and began the banquet in celebration. This is what the Heavenly Father is like. But the laboring son, witnessing all of this, would not enter into his father's house. And he needed his father's words of mercy. His father needed to coax him into this same state. So this wonderful passage from St. Romanos the Melodist, as he imagines what this dialogue between the father and the son the elder son who is outside, is like. I want to read this. It's a beautiful passage of St. Romanos imagining what it would be like. Because in the parable, we're not told how the elder son reacts to this dialogue with his father. But St. Romanos imagines this dialogue to be one that ends even in the restoration of the elder son, that he too joins in the celebration of his father. So listen to these words. And this is the father speaking to his son. Incline your ears and listen to your father. Your place is always with me, with all my angels. But he has come covered with shame, naked and ugly, crying out, Have mercy, I have sinned, father, and I implore, I who have offended you, accept me as a hired servant and nourish me, for you love mankind. You, the master and lord of the ages, what should I have done as I heard his lamentation? How could I not have pity and save my son as, I as he grieved and wept? You, the prosecutor, and, appoint, and I appoint a judge. For I always rejoice in loving humankind. How then could I become inhuman? It was my entrails that begot my child on whom I have had mercy. Therefore, my son, with all those who have been invited to the supper, celebrate and make melody with all the angels. For your brother was lost and has been found. He was dead and beyond expectation he has returned to life. When he heard these words, he was persuaded and shared the gladness with his brother. And he began to sing and say, all you shout with praise. Sin is forgiven and whose iniquities has been covered and wiped away. I bless you, lover of mankind, who have saved my brother also. You, master and lord of the ages. This is how St. Romanos imagines that dialogue to end. And what a beautiful thing, because there is hope for both of us.
for both the prodigal and the one who toils and stays and strives to be like the Father in heaven. This is where we need to arrive, whether returning from prodigality or in coming to ourselves and realizing that I have not only pride but so much more inside me that separates me from God. It is only the humility of love which is the opposite of the pride of these rights that insists that brings us to the unity with the Father and a share in his joy and in his very property. For all we could have are his, and he freely desires to share them with us. What an unfathomable mystery that the infinity, infinite God is our Father and desires to ever share from his very property to us. It is the embrace of the Father and the rejoicing of his table that we delight in this day. So let us lay aside all that hinders us like the prodigal who came to himself and made the return journey, and as St. Romanos imagines the elder son doing, laying aside our pride, our jealousy, our anger, and condemnation to rejoice in the lost ones who are found. This is how the parable ends. It is an entire mystery of repentance in our Heavenly Father's love given to the prodigal and to the stubborn and prideful laborer. Those are his sons through the Holy Spirit. It is a complete gospel in short form, instructing us how we are to seek mercy and by embracing the joy of the Father and eating at his table that we draw near to him and become like him. It is the uncovering of the mystery of Christian life, from prodigal ones returning to laboring faithful to crack open the hard heart, and both are embraced by the Father. Glory to Christ who tells us the mystery of this parable where we gain knowledge of ourselves and of God that through repentance, long-suffering, forgiveness, and by love, our sinner is restored to the joy of the Lord. Amen.